Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. Today our guest is Jan Kurtz. Jan is a retired educator and now an, an author. And we're here today to talk about a new book. First of all, Jan, welcome back to Community Focus. Well, thank you so much for having me and for all of the times in the past that you have um, supported culture and language in our community. Thank you, thank you. Danka. So, Jan, we're sitting here holding a book the first time I have seen it, Northern Shores, Southern Borders, Revelations of a Bilingual Life. How long has this book now been out? Uh, It came out on April the 9th, right in the middle of (laughs) nobody can do anything with anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in Eau Claire, Wisconsin with my mother, and the boxes were delivered, and we didn't know if we should spray them, put them in the garage, or just... Could we even touch them? So, right. very strange times, very strange. Yeah, no doubt. Um, can we find them now locally? Locally, um, and thank you for asking. If you want to find them online with the direct link, the college, CLC, uh, has very graciously put them on, on there available with no shipping attached. Oh, nice. And you can, yeah, and you can, and my website is www.janetkurtz.com. Dot com with that direct link. And the Crossing Arts and also Cattails have copies um, at their locations that can be purchased. And for those that don't know, the last name is K-U-R-T-Z. Janet Kurtz. Thank okay. you. Yes. Very yeah. German. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which, which uh, <laughs> uh, we just kind of perused the book uh, I did yesterday, and I thought that was interesting because you talk about your background from a small town, uh, German heritage, and yet... You learned the Spanish language, and it led you to adventures, medical missions, uh, a career, and so much more. A lot of fun, too, I bet. (laughs) Well, it went from fun, and this is the interesting part in putting the book together, Mm -hmm. because the first part was about just the excitement of having more than a monolingual life in a monocultural tiny town in Wisconsin, to, oh, well, look at the way they do things in Mexico, and oh my gosh, isn't this fun in Spain? And then I had to figure out when this one exchange student, uh, when I was teaching in White Bear Lake, uh, Minnesota, came in from Guatemala, and she started telling me about all of um, the, well, just violence in her country, and the wars that were going on, and people being kidnapped, so all of this kind of skippity, hoppity, oh, this is so much fun fun part of the book, had to make um, a very quick transition into, oh, you know, I I hit a wall, and then that led me into, uh, you know, the Central American refugees, an overground railroad that probably nobody except the people who took my class at the college, you know, might know about, uh, and all of the activism that ended up kind of manifesting itself here with the Brainerd Peacemakers, with the Quakers, with the First Congregational Church. And so I have stories about lots of local people that um, not only just hosted exchange students so we could bring that kind of culture and diversity into our town, but a lot of folks really stepped up and got very active. Man. It's quite a book, like you say, uh there's a transition in the book that uh, that you go through, I think. Is that safe to say? 
Yes, and I think after I wrote this, it was a lot of essays that kind of just came together, and I decided, oh, well, maybe they have to be kind of chronological order to make sense so that that transition can be experienced. And yet I think most of these could be read separately also as, okay, this was the medical mission and this was the refugee situation. But I rather hope the reader will take that journey with me and vicariously make some of these discoveries about other people Mm -hmm. and some of the political situations and come out the other end with more of an aha and... uh, Dare I hope open-mindedness? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Very, very Maybe interesting. Learn the word xenophobia, and you know, anyway, and and then not become one. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, uh, when you uh, experience other cultures, I, I think it is it is amazing, isn't it? I mean, it really does open up your eyes to a lot of different things. I just came back from a trip last year, just even down to San Antonio. And experienced oh, yeah. a uh, a festival, a uh, what do I want to call it? Almost like a farmers market, and I don't think anybody there spoke English, and it was mm-hmm. just an amazing experience. Yeah, and that's right in our own country. And I yes. wish that people weren't as afraid of that and trying to protect, you know, English only or something, but instead go. Well, this is fun, and that's yeah. good, and isn't that music amazing, and all those people are so nice, and mm-hmm. you know, those sorts of experiences. And um, I didn't coin the phrase, but I feel like being bilingual was getting a life, you know, two lives for the price of one, and every language that you add beyond that. And you, you don't have to be bilingual, but if you are open to those sorts of experiences, Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to get all those different dimensions and levels in a lifetime that, that you know, could be experienced? Well, and that's the thing, too. It's about learning about other people and other cultures that can, I mean, it does. I think you said it. It kind of opens up a whole new world and a whole new way of thinking about how other people live and their experiences and, and what makes them who they are. Well, and I realized and this is not at all a textbook. I think it's written very much in a conversational tone, and I would even encourage people to read it to each other and, you know, discuss it if they wanted. But as an instructor, uh, a couple of things. I never tried to tell somebody what I believed. It was sort of like, go get your three sources, make sure that they're diverse and maybe even opposite of each other. Mm -hmm. You know, develop your own critical thinking. And one thing that I, I think I put it in the book too, but this whole business about how the United States is a melting pot, and I don't know, but that always brings out to me an image of a stew that everything turned brown and everything kind of tastes the same and it all got mushy and nothing even has a, a crunch or a chew to it anymore. Sure. So I, I always taught the idea of having a tossed salad. There you go. Mm. Keep it crispy. So, yeah, so bring me your lettuce. Bring me, you know, bring me... I don't know, your croutons, bring me, you know, whatever it is you have to bring, and but we can still put it together and have this marvelous feast, this marvelous mm-hmm. smorgasbord. Yeah. So Amen. there's my preachy moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you had an interesting experience, too, in as far as you spent some time in Mexico, in Central America, and also in Spain. And those um, those are all very different places, even though the language may be the same. Am I right in saying similar, that? Similar, yeah. 
Yeah, and I appreciate you recognizing that because, yes, there are words that are different, just like in English, you know, are you going to go to Britain and are you going to take the lift or are you going to come here and take the elevator or are you going to go to Wisconsin and drink a pop or a soda? <laughs> you know, yes. who cares? Right. Yeah. You can understand each other, but when people sometimes with that, well, what is your favorite place? Mexico is so different than Spain is mm-hmm. so different than Guatemala that... Um, no, I, I like them all for what they are, and they're connected by the language, you know, absolutely. The mother tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very interesting. Like and and I would have to think there are some very interesting people that we will discover, as you did in the pages of that book. Well, what I would like to bring up, um, for instance, I, back to the uh, Central American Overground Railroad of the 1980s, um, in Brainerd, the Quakers invited the first ever sanctuary movement refugee here, Rene Hurtado, who still now lives in the Twin Cities. And uh, I guess what I started to see through the writing was the connections we all have, because somebody would call somebody, and I got connected because, oh, they needed a translator. Hmm. So I got called in to translate for the Quakers. I got called in to translate at the college. Um, I've been called into a, a courtroom uh, to translate for, uh, you know, a woman from the woman's shelter. And so um, wow. and, and the, the book got started because I was called by a local, uh, well, I'll call him a, a dairy woman here, that she's got her farm south of town, and her uh, Zapotec Indian uh, woman worker was milking a cow and got kicked in the head and I ended up spending the whole day in the two ERs, one in Little Falls and one in St. Cloud. Wow. And, and and the Zapotec woman's first language was Zapotec, and her second language was Spanish, and my second language was Spanish, but that was the connector. That gives me the goosebumps when you say that, you know? Just, I love it. It's great that and, you were able to help. I, I really do think that with all of us, none of us probably, pl- I mean, I don't know if you guys ended up planning a whole lifetime of, I'm going to be on the radio, but... The different things that you look at your own life that, you know, this happened, that door opened, I met this person, and, oh, well, look at where I ended up, is kind of, and this story is so much about all the the people, the second half of the story is very much uh, focused on many people in this community that, oh, you know, sure, I'll go along on that uh, medical mission with you, so Dr. Paul Malloy and Sharon Kramer, sure, I'll, I'll translate for you guys, you know, that kind of thing, and. Edith Alvarez needed someone to help her translate in Guatemala for the Presbyterian Church's uh, sister church thing, and so I was the I was the local pagan because I wasn't Presbyterian. I was a Congregationalist, stuff like that. Hmm. So, but the language so. brought you all together. Is really what yeah, it comes it, back to. Yeah, the language. To... Um, yeah, that's what pulled me into these places. Yeah. And so, you... and. I think not only your travels, but you talked about exchange students, too, and I always find that they bring experiences back to a classroom here in Minnesota that I hope some of our students pick up on. Well, and, you know, my heart always goes out, you know, shout out to language teachers, um, especially now doing everything online, but Mm -hmm. I'm so appreciative of exchange programs, and I would absolutely... Um, I'm trying not to be too political, but the idea of not having exchange students in our colleges and in our high schools, the idea of not being able to travel right now and see how other cultures and people do things, 
it's really a huge loss. Because, it is. You know, we we don't always. A quick story I had uh, in the book talks about you know coming here for prom, and oh, these kids are so excited to experience what they've seen in the movies. Right. <laughs> and and at the same time, then we have to look and say, well, we don't think lockers are so strange, but now we see ourselves through the eyes of somebody else who has never had a locker or has never gone to prom or has, you know, Paul Bunyan, you've got to be kidding me. You know, you're laughing <laughs> at my culture and you guys have Halloween and let's sit down and talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I was very involved in AFS when I was in high school, and I seriously think having those exchange students was the best thing. I have friends from all over the world. And just to learn, you know, Finland, Spain, Australia, uh, you know, Peru. I mean, just to to have that experience being here was incredible. It changed my life. I thank you so much for saying that because that's what I don't want people to miss. And I think as a language teacher – you know, I didn't care a lot of times if they ever figured out the endings of the verbs, but it's like, don't you see how fun this is? Don't you see how neat? Don't you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and stereotypes, if I have a moment to, to mention that in, in my book, there are several times that I really had caught myself in stereotypes and judgments and, oh my goodness, this person, you know, is dressed up in the Mayan Indian garb and... So I assumed that maybe they had not had an education, or I assumed maybe that um, they just lived in a little hut. And the one story talks about how I went to a wedding in Guatemala with Edith Alvarez, and the, the groom was very obviously a Mayan man, although much taller than his parents, but he was all dressed up in a suit. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to figure out, well, who's, who's, how are we ever going to recognize this bride because all the Mayan women are dressed in their traditional dresses. Well, here comes this really tall, brown-haired woman, all dressed up like a Mayan. And I said to Edith, I said, she could be from Minnesota, where she was. Really? (laughs) He was was the Mayan dressed up as the Western man, Mm -hmm. and she was there, and she had been a volunteer at Father Greg's at San Lucas Toleman. But the thing that really hit me was a year later, I was in St. Paul, and I was signed up for a course with the anthropologist Nancy Black and studying Central America, and I was waiting for my professor to come in and, you know, start talking about Guatemala. Well, who in the world but the same Mr. Groom from San Lucas Polimon with his suit on was my professor. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Talk about a full circle there, huh? Well, and, you know, the assumptions I had made, the stereotypes I had made, and here he was, my Ph.D. professor. Thank you very much. (laughs) You know, get a life, Jan. Yeah. (laughs) Very, very interesting. Yeah. So the big circle. But many, many Minnesota ties, Wisconsin ties with all of these places, and many community ties. Mm-hmm. So Well, it sounds like a fascinating read, and uh, let's remind our listeners again where they can find your new book entitled oh. Northern Shores, Southern Borders. Yes, we had to change the name from Sauerkraut and Salsa. Okay. <laughs> 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 I, I only gave up the name about three months ago. So oh, that's funny, Northern Jen. Shores and Southern Borders is available through the website, uh, on a special straight link to CLC, the website again is www.janetkurtz, 
KURTZ.com, or go straight to CLC Bookstore. Or if you're downtown, and I encourage you to go downtown, Brainerd, and you can find the book at the Crossing Arts Alliance and also at Cattails. So just check for the hours that they're open. Very good. Hmm. I'm going to read this book. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going through it. <laughs> Thank the, you. Dias de los Muertos. I learned a lot about that when I was living in Mexico for a short time. And just the way they look at death and dying, it's a little bit different, you know, and it's and how they celebrate it. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, so I'm just well. Maybe you can look at that chapter. I, I included chapter 15. that in there because yes. Of, oh, thank you. Because <laughs> that was one of the cultural things that I incorporated in my life. We don't oh, have really? to incorporate or be fearful of other people's ideas. But I think the other thing, especially with Dia de los Muertos, is we don't handle you know death so well. Mm-hmm. We're getting better mm-hmm. in this culture, but other cultures can give us other options of how we want to uh, have rituals in our lives. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to experience down there firsthand. You know, I I didn't know anything about it really before I went down there. And to learn, that was just, it was special to be there for that. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Here's a plug for the the movie Coco. They did the very best job of anybody so far in depicting the Day of the Dead, the Coco movie. Yep. Oh, interesting. Animated film, I believe. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jan, again, thank you so much for being with us today to talk about the new book. Best of luck. And uh, uh, hope to see you very soon. Yes, and the really good news, Ken and Tess, yes. there will be no final exam. Okay. That takes off the pressure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, just enjoy it. Read it slowly because it took me a little while to write. So, you know, yes. Thank Absolutely. you so much, Danka. Uh, merci, gracias. And in, and in all languages, thank you. You're welcome, Jan. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, yes. bye-bye. Jan, our guest today, Jan Kurtz, educator, and now author of Northern Shores, Southern Borders. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime online on the website 1067wjjy.com, brought to you by Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. You can also listen through our free downloadable app, and that is powered by the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.